0: Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B,
1: here's Rob Nice. Beautiful Friday. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Black and Blue Report, the weekend edition. It is Rob Nice here in Studio B. Got a great show for you as we prepare for the Saints to face the Buffalo Bills at the mercedes-benz superdome this sunday the game will be on cbs so be sure if you're not at the mercedes-benz superdome to check out the black and gold from the tube all right coming up on this big show the pelicans also have their final game for the preseason in orlando tonight uh joe myers will be on the call at 105.3 wwl and he will be calling the pelicans as they face the orlando magic final tune-up before opening night which is october 30th at home brand new uh newly updated new orleans arena as they face the indiana pacers on today's show we'll talk with john DeShazer as he'll give us a preview for not only the pelicans but the new orleans saints as well willie garson got some celebrities on the line this uh afternoon uh he, you can catch him in white collar and the ladies and some fellas as you will find out throughout today's show I know him from the hit show uh sex in the city which Went to the, uh, the theaters, but originally aired on HBO. Sean Kelly will talk with John Murphy, Buffalo play-by-play announcer for, uh, for, for the radio network of the Buffalo Bills. He'll sit down to talk with him and get an update for this Sunday's game from the Bills side. And Anthony Morrow, he can light it up from beyond the yard. He will sit down with us and talk some Pelicans basketball for today's show. So don't go anywhere. we got a great weekend edition of the Black and Blue Report, which continues next.
0: Hey, New Orleans Saints fans, show your true colors and get in the action with the all-new Black and Gold Saints
2: Scratch-Off from the Lottery. Win up to $100,000. Play all three seeds.
1: You have to play to win. That's right. Enter your non-winning Black and Gold Saints tickets in our second-chance drawings for a chance to win autographed Saints merchandise or one of four Saints game day
0: prize packages. Next entry deadline is September 3rd. Pick up your Black and Gold Saints Scratch-Off from the Lottery. Win up to $100,000. Must be at least 21 purchase.
3: Are you ready
4: for health care reform? At Blue Cross, we're ready to help. Learn all you can about health reform at bcbsla.com reform. Here you'll find information on tax credits, health insurance options, answers to frequently asked questions, and a handy checklist to help you prepare. Visit us today at bcbsla.com reform and get ready.
5: Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana is an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association and is incorporated as Louisiana Health Service and Indemnity Company.
1: Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. It is Rob Nice here with you in the Weekend Edition. And, of course, we always like to have special guests on the line. And uh, our next guest, he can currently be seen as Mazzy on a hit USA Network show, White Collar, which is in... It's fifth season, and for all the ladies out there and the fellas that were forced to watch this show, and of course, if you like it, for a guilty pleasure, you can also have seen him on Sex in the City. We have Willie Garson on the line. How's it going, Willie?
5: (laughs) It's going well,
1: thank you. And and it's hard to say, all right, well, he was on the hit show Sex in the City, and he's a big Saints fan. Huge Saints fan. Now, Willie, where are you originally from?
5: Uh, I'm from New Jersey, and um, I started going to uh, Jazz Fest when I was 16. So I've been going to New Orleans uh, for most of my life now, and now half my family lives there.
1: So That is incredible. And when's the last time you've been to New Orleans? Um, about two months ago, and I'll be coming for Thanksgiving. Now, being in Jersey and being in the East Coast, of course they have the Giants and the Jets. Do you often get into, uh, let, let's just say, conversations uh, about your favorite football team, and, and, and uh, do you often get uh, resistance when it comes to talking about the Saints?
5: <laughs> well, not not not. Not this year, for sure. It's not that hard to jump off the giant.
1: It, it's a one in sixteen, but hey, there, there's a long way to go uh, within the season. Now, let's talk about the the network show White Collar on USA. It's in its fifth season. Uh, how are you liking the show so far? And your character, Mozzie?
5: Oh, I love it. mozzie has been a lot of fun. It's actually the closest to myself that I've ever played, which is really great. And uh, the writing's great, and uh, I have some. Amazing partners to act with Matt Bomer is just an absolute delight and a huge football fan. You know, we just we have a great time. We shoot the hell out of New York City, which is great. So it looks amazing, and uh, I just love it. I, if it would it go on for twenty years.
1: Now it's, it's in its fifth season, so we still have a little ways to go to get to twenty years. But any twists and turns that we should should expect from this season?
5: Well, this season we just premiered uh, last week, and our what the big change this season is that. We're kind of being blackmailed by another criminal. So uh, Matt Bomer's character and myself are kind of under the gun, uh, which is a new feeling for us. And so it's uh, it's very interesting how we react to that. We're usually the ones calling all the shots
1: okay and and filming in New York, you, you're no uh, stranger to that. you got a chance to do that a lot and everybody was it was it was a, a cult following and it was like, oh my goodness, they' are filming sex in the city right now. you got to come over here. This was before you know the Facebook and, and, and Twitters were going crazy and everybody <laughs> would seem to find the set uh, of sex in the city. What does it mean to to film uh, your your second series in New York and can you touch on what it was like to be a part of that that phenomenon of sex in the city?
5: Well, you know it' was very it was very interesting when when you treat the city well, the city treats you well. Um, and uh, New York has always embraced uh, shows that treat it well. Uh, certainly sex in the city. I mean, we show up on locations, and there'll be three, four thousand people standing there. Uh, our crowds are actually starting to bill uh, for white collar when we show up somewhere, which is great. Um, and also the city, much, much like on Sex and the City, in White Collar as well, the city has become kind of another character on the show. Uh, we couldn't shoot it anywhere else. We, we use all these iconic locations and just it's, it's photographed so well and so beautifully that it just it comes out great.
1: Well, you're sure it is. And what do you think about the, the emergence of, of the amount of films being shot in the state of Louisiana, and in particular with New Orleans? It, it's been deemed as Hollywood South, uh, but uh, a lot of films that have come out within the past couple of years have been shot right here in New Orleans. Well, I mean, it's
5: it's a it's a brilliant thing when uh, government makes the right decision and providing tax credits to, to uh, bring business. And the film business is an easy one, uh, it's a slam dunk. It's an easy law to pass to make tax credits so that so that productions come in. They're all separate companies, a new production, so they can come in, do their shoot, save some money, spend a lot of money in the local economy, hire a lot of people locally, and uh, and get out. And so so they did it right in Louisiana uh, in terms of that. And also, you can't beat. The, the flavor of what you're shooting there. You can't beat that architecture, uh, the light, uh, just the, the general... Uh, environment of shooting there, you, you really you can't buy that anywhere else.
1: And I do believe that the food is the best when it comes to craft service, when it comes to, <laughs> to having a break in between shooting. I, I
5: do believe there's there's some good food down there. I do believe that, yes.
1: Willie Garson, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about the hit show White Collar and uh, Saints football now. Uh, but do you have a, a favorite player on the roster? Well, I mean,
5: there's, there's a lot going on. I mean, I, I love Jimmy Graham. I mean, you you you, you can teach anyone to catch a football, but you can't teach six foot seven, you know, so that, that makes a big difference. Um, and his basketball, his basketball background, he's got soft hands. He, I, so he, I love that player. I'm, I'm excited about Kenny Stills. Um, he's fantastic. And, uh, I, I just, the, the heart of the team is so important to me. You know, Drew Brees obviously is an amazing leader and, uh, you know, on and off the field, that, you know, with the Drew Brees Foundation, also Sean Payton's Foundation, the Play Forward Foundation is very inspiring to me, um, and uh, and and the the staff also. I mean, there's not there's not a single defensive player who hasn't improved under Rob Ryan. now nah,
1: so, it's been very I mean, fun. It's,
5: it's just it's a team with a lot of heart in a city with a lot of heart, and they're the two are completely connected which is a great
1: thing and we'll be playing the new york team at home this sunday against the buffalo bills uh so a lot of people out there in the jersey and new york area of course you can spark up those conversations again if willie garson can play a position on an nfl team what position would it be
5: um uh, uh i would be the the punt holder the uh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's about as close as I can get to a football field. I could maybe catch the ball and and tee it up for the kicker. That, that's my that's my job.
1: Well, normally that that may be a reserve quarterback or the punter. So I I, I would have to well, see. I,
5: I would have to be a very very deep reserve quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> this would be the
1: the first time in, in NFL history that a roster spot will be made for the placeholder, uh, but but I do believe that we would have one for Willie Garson. You can catch him on the Hit You on USA Network White Collar in its fifth season, and of course, uh, hopefully one day we'll catch you at the Mercedes Benz Superdome checking out the black and gold man. We appreciate you calling into the Black and Blue Report. Oh, thanks so
5: much. I hope you enjoy a white collar, and I'm looking forward to the Saints game on Sunday.
1: When we return, John Kelly checks in with John Murphy, radio play-by-play announcer for the Buffalo Bills when the Black and Blue Report returns.
3: All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money.
0: This is Todd Graves, founder of Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. Being the official chicken of the New Orleans Saints, we're more than just fans of the Saints. We're fans of Saints fans. So on game day, we make sure they're reloaded with tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. The best chicken fingers around, we got this. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue
1: Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report, Sean Kelly. He's catching up with John Murphy from the Buffalo Bills. He's the play-by-play announcer for the Bills radio network. Take it away, Sean.
3: John, I'm I'm looking at the Bills and I and I'm reading this and I'm and I'm talking to this guy about that. But what it always seems to come back to is that this team has character. The Bills have character. They're scrappy. They reflect in some ways their new head coach and Doug Marone. Is that what I should look for on Sunday when the Bills visit New Orleans?
5: Yeah. Yeah. You
2: know. I think you're onto something there, Sean. In fact, uh, just before you called, I was there was a feature up on our website, BuffaloBills.com. you know, they give us locker room access to the coach's uh, words after the game. And, and in that, Doug Marone talked about how that win at Miami last Sunday, he told his players, I'm proud of you guys because you've become a team. I mean, we're about a third of the way, almost, well, approaching the halfway point of the season. And it was kind of a gutty victory down in Miami for the Bills last Sunday. They had to come from behind in the fourth quarter and make some plays down the stretch, which they did after uh, giving up a 14-0 lead early. And I do think they've become a team, and in many ways they reflect uh, – the toughness and grit of their head coach uh, Doug Marone, a uh, you know former Saints assistant uh, coach, by the way,
3: John. The the win in Miami last week, I think, spoke uh, to what we're talking about here. But should we take should we leave it at just that, a win at Miami, or does it signal something else? Does it signal perhaps that this team can move past, uh, or at least get past, being a sub five hundred ball club?
5: Well, we'll see. I mean, you know, there's a ways to go. I, I,
2: I'm not going to tell you they're ready to, you know, contend for anything yet. But uh, the one thing about this Bills team, I mean, they've played seven games, all seven games they've uh, either uh, led or been tied in the fourth quarter. They've pulled some of them out. They've let some others slip away. So, it's been a, you know, it's been a nail-biter. Every game has been a nail-biter for this team. And I think the fans have, have really enjoyed the, the ride so far. But they need to finish the deal. You know, they need to be more consistent offensively, I think. They're playing with the uh, – Essentially, a second or maybe third-string quarterback in Thad Lewis, while they wait for E.J. Manuel to get healthy. Uh, so I think the goal for them right now is to stay competitive, to learn how to close out close games, and to uh, you know win when they can. We'll see if, it, if when it all when this all said and done, if the wins add up enough for them to be contenders anywhere.
3: John Murphy will here with us on the Black and Blue Report. He'll be calling the game on the Bills side on a Sunday afternoon at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. John, you've been doing this a long time. You've been around the game a long time. Um, when you look at you mentioned Thad Lewis. When you look at a a type of game where you have, uh, forgive me for being disrespectful, a no-name quarterback in Thad Lewis going up against a superstar like Drew Brees, does that that kind of thing still intrigue you?
2: Yeah, it does. Uh, And, you know, it's not being disrespectful. Thad Lewis doesn't have a profile in the league yet. He's You know, he's made uh, two starts for the Bills, one start for Cleveland uh, last year, and he's just sort of building his resume, I think, to someday become a viable second quarterback on maybe the Buffalo roster, maybe somebody else's roster. It's funny, Sean, we had a a caller on a talk show I do in Buffalo earlier this week talk about how uh, Pat Lewis reminds him of Drew Brees. And we said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, we screeched down the brakes, you know, because I know how good Drew Brees is. I guess in stature you could say that. that Lewis is not a, a big, tall quarterback, but he's got a long way to go. He's, he's You know, he's got to work on some accuracy issues. He has not been extremely accurate. Um, I think early in the game against Miami last Sunday, uh, Thad Lewis uh, didn't really take a good look at the field. I don't know if he was getting through his reads because uh, the Dolphins had a pretty strong pass rush, and he seemed to be uh, checking off and throwing it uh, to the, uh, you know, underneath guys most of the first half. He finally made a play in the uh, uh, late third quarter where he hung in there, took a hard shot from a rookie linebacker, popped his helmet right off, fired a completion to Stevie Johnson and went for a first down on a third down. It was like a 17-yard pickup on third down. He got the 15-yard penalty because he took such a hit to the head. And I think that was a big play in Thad Lewis' development. Uh, just, you know, they they all have to learn it, how to stand in the pocket, uh, be fearless in the pocket, and make the throws downfield. Uh, but he's coming along, and I think it's been kind of fun to watch Thad Lewis' development over the last uh, couple of weeks.
3: John, as you've done your game prep this week for the broadcast, what are some of the notes that, that jump out at you that maybe you'll – you'll say, I've got to make sure I share that with our listeners this weekend.
2: Yeah, I mean, in fact, I'm just in the process of finishing up game prep. Uh, One thing I've noticed, this Buffalo team, which came out of the box this year, uh, really trying to push tempo and and run no huddle offense, they really slowed it down in recent weeks. They were averaging about – 75 or 80 plays through their first four games, and they're down to averaging about 67 plays per game now. Uh, just kind of controlling the tempo a little—excuse <clears throat> me, a little bit more. I think they felt like they weren't doing their defense any favors when they weren't converting third downs and they came off the field too quickly. So that's one thing that I'm noticing. The Bills have sort of checked themselves when it comes to the fast base offense that they want to play. Another thing to notice is the, the defense. The Buffalo defense uh, had a pretty good game against Miami last week, but they really got to be more consistent. Uh, throughout the course of the game. And it's uh, it's been a little tough sometimes when they give up some big chunks of yardage and they finally shut the door on the uh, on the Dolphins last week. But uh, this is a real big challenge for them to go up against this Saint teams uh, Saints team and the, all the offensive weapons they can put on the field. And, uh, it remains to be seen whether the Bills are going to be able to handle that. I think it's a really tough assignment for Buffalo this Sunday.
3: I agree, but I'm intrigued. I really am looking forward to Sunday's game, there's no doubt. Uh, John, do you like to eat? Yes. Yeah, okay, good. I think you're coming to the right spot. We can't wait to have you uh, here in New Orleans this weekend. Um, I think you'll find the weather to be good this weekend and the food to be even better.
2: Yeah, I wish we had more time to spend there. We don't get in until, you know, late uh, Saturday. I wish we had more time there. I love New Orleans.
3: Well, good to see you, and I'll come by and say hello on, sa- on Sunday. And uh, I appreciate your time this week.
2: Great. Thanks, Sean. Good talking with you.
3: Thank you, sir. John Murphy, voice of the Buffalo Bills, with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Rob, back to you.
1: Sean Kelly, ladies and gentlemen, he will be on NewOrleansSaints.com this Sunday doing previews and a post-game wrap on NewOrleansSaints.com. Coming up next, we'll check in with the sharpshooter for the New Orleans Pelicans, Anthony Morrow, when we return.
4: Okay, you've just been told you have a serious heart issue, congestive heart failure, a valve problem, a complex rhythm disorder. Now what? At Auctioner, we suggest you take a moment and do some research. When you do, you'll find Ochsner Medical Center has the only heart program in the region ranked among the nation's best by U.S. News & World Report. We routinely treat the most complex cases with revolutionary procedures such as surgical and non-surgical valve replacements and the total artificial heart. And we have the largest, most comprehensive program for treating arrhythmias in the Gulf South, offering options not available elsewhere in the region. At the end of the day, the most important thing to hear is
2: I just saw your test results and they look great. No problems.
4: Leading edge care. Just one more reason to choose an auctioner affiliated physician. For an appointment, visit auctioner.org or call one eight six six 866 auctioner. That's O C H S N E R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind.
0: It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report.
1: Black and Blue report continues right now. It's Rob Nice here with you on this weekend edition. Got a chance to catch up with Anthony Morrow, newest addition to the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, one final game left for the preseason. W- what are you looking to uh, make sure that the team uh, focuses on or works on before heading into opening night against the Indiana Pacers?
6: Really, just uh, building and uh, continue to, to to establish what we've been establishing, what our foundation, um, just on both ends of the floor. You know, uh, just trying to build it on what we've already worked on, what we've been working on since you know, pretty much August, man. Everybody's been since August. So Uh, I think we've done a lot of good things, but obviously we got a lot of stuff to work on. There's a lot of chemistry things we got to continue to work on. Even though we got great chemistry for such a new team, we got to continue to work on those things.
1: Now, I heard early on in the season, one of the things that that the coaching staff recommended and had for you was a lot of film study. Um, What has been the results of that film study in the preseason? And what are some of the, the, the tendencies that you learned about opposing players and how have you been able to use that to your advantage?
6: Uh it's been good not only um you know I I've been watching films since about August though you know I was going to get coaches and sitting down trying to just figure out schemes defensively just to um you know to know where to be because it's a different scheme than than I've been accustomed to my first five years in the league. So um, this this year I wanted to come in and early get a jump on it just just to see what what they do and, and you know what are the tendencies in, in the defense so we you know I'll be able to fit in better um, from the jump. So it's been good for me so far, but overall it's been it's been good for everybody. Everybody has been paying attention to the film um, and, and really translating to the court and practice and in the games.
1: Yeah, uh, speaking of, of, of knowing, you know, where to fit in and, and your place to be on the court, we saw that with the Miami Heat to where uh, if you have a, a drive and penetration, you have the offense that can sway the defense left to right, and then you look for the, the holes in the defense and you have that kickout guy. Uh, at the same time, at, at certain points of the game, it's yourself, it's uh, Ryan Anderson, and, and there are guys that can knock down shots. Uh, what do you take from that game and watching the film from that to see maybe that's something that you guys can use uh, to utilize on the offense?
6: But we got so many guys that can get to the basket. You know, we got Drew, Eric, Austin, Tyreek. Um, guys that's gonna draw draw double teams as well. Um, Ad as well. You know, Ryan. So we got so many guys that can draw double teams. I just want to be able to play off those guys and make them better. And uh, at the same time, they're making me a lot better. So I'm just thankful for the opportunity to be here. And uh, you know, it's really it's really working out well. We've been here so long playing with each other that uh, I'm really figuring out a lot of things with, with different guys, games. And figuring out where they like to pass the ball, how when they penetrate, where to be when, to get open to get uh, open shots for the team. So it's been good so far.
1: And speaking of figuring out things, you're figuring out the team and the chemistry. Uh, how has it been figuring out the city of New Orleans? You come from a couple of big markets in Dallas and Atlanta and the the New Jersey area when you were with the Nets, and you, you know that that's pretty much the, where everybody is, and the population is is, is so big. But in New Orleans. It's it's a unique and, and very uh intimate city to where they can take you on as their own. Have you gotten a chance to have some of those moments and what are your thoughts about the city of New Orleans?
6: Uh well I spent some time here. I got a little family here, some friends. So I've been here in the past through college and everything like that. So I was a little more familiar with it than I think people thought I was. But uh it's it's a very homely homely city. Like you said, I play in some big markets, but I'm from I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina, which is pretty small. So uh it's a lot of similarities there with the people. Very nice, you know, uh, just just really a warm and kind of family atmosphere here. And we kind of got that same situation on our team. You know, it's a family-type situation here. So uh, it's something that I'm used to. I'm accustomed to it, and I, I really like it a lot. So I'm really happy to be here.
1: October 30th is opening night against the Indiana Pacers they're coming in as, as as uh being rated as one of the top three teams in the NBA if, if not definitely in the Eastern Conference uh what are some of the final things that you got you're trying to button up for your game and and your role in the offense and defense uh preparing for opening night
6: uh just really you know sharpening up things defensively um as far as team defense you know being where I'm supposed to be and help for my teammates um on ball, better defense, just continue to get better in that aspect every single day. Uh, also, offensively, just continuing to be where I am, finding my spots, getting shots, making shots, uh, staying, you know, getting as many rebounds as I can possibly get from that guard position, which can help us out a lot. So those are two of the main things from a, from a team perspective. We just want to keep building on what, we, what we've been working on, keep the intensity high, and uh, just go out there and leave it on the floor.
1: Anthony Morrow, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for stopping for the Black and Blue Report, and good luck for over tonight. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. We'll be back to wrap up the Black and Blue Report. Don't move. John DeChange is up next.
0: Bud Light presents NFL Fan Dilemmas.
4: Should I put these Bud Lights on your tab?
0: Jeff's supposed to get this round. Whoa, interception! But on my rounds, we play better. It's good luck when I buy Jeff's beers. But I don't want to buy Jeff's beers. He wouldn't even give me gum the other day. What a shocking turn of events. Absolutely everything going right. Yep, my tab. It's only weird if it doesn't work. Bud Light, for the NFL fans who do whatever it takes. Here we go. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Your New Orleans Pelicans take flight with a tip-off of regular season play this Wednesday, October 30th, when the Pacers come to town at the renovated New Orleans Arena. Be there when the new-look Pelicans take the court, plus see the unveiling of the Pelicans mascot. Action continues on Saturday when your Pelicans take on the Charlotte Bobcats. Tip-off for both games is 7 p.m., and Pelicans Fest pregame block party gets underway at 530. Call 525 or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. hardwood, hardball, and hard knocks. (gasps) This is the Black and Blue Report.
1: And we are back to wrap up the Black and Blue Report. Very fun show today. Willie Garson from White Collar, the USA show. You guys should check that out. Ladies recognize him from Sex and the City. John Kelly had a great one with John Murphy, Buffalo play-by-play guy, and uh, Anthony Morrow chimed in. But there's none like the celebrity I'm talking to now to wrap up the show. John DeShazer is here. I don't know if you can call me. A I, I've never been on Sex in the City. Yeah, I've watched it once or
7: twice. I could, I could have been Mr. Big, maybe. Yeah. And um, see, I couldn't even afford to carry shoes though. The fact that you knew that name, <laughs> uh, did you know one of the characters? Well, from they there? called me Mr. Big when I was little, so I just, you
1: know, I carried a nickname all through. John DeShazer was the only <laughs> head fourth grader that I've ever seen. <laughs> I seen the pictures, but uh, we are here now. You had uh, a couple weeks on the road. You had a, a bye week. You got a chance to to rest. As and now your brain is back in Saints mode, and, and the Buffalo Bills, big matchup going into to, to this week at the at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, and and it's uh the Buffalo Bills are coming into this game with a an unheard of quarterback to a lot of fans out there, but so far, that, Lewis shows that he can be an NFL quarterback.
7: Well, he's unfortunately the third quarterback. You know, EJ Manuel is is down with a knee injury, and also Kevin Cobb had a concussion. Inj- injury and he might his career might be over as a matter of fact uh you know thad lewis has played pretty well for him he's uh, moved to football and he's gonna have to be the focal point of their offense because you know cj spiller is out and fred jackson might be out so their running game is gonna suffer a little bit from that standpoint but one thing the saints can look forward to in this game is buffalo has not protected their quarterback whatsoever this season they've allowed 24 sacks and the saints are have you know gotten 20 sacks, so they should be able to get to the quarterback in this game because Buffalo has not protected the quarterback particularly well. And Thad Lewis, even though he's a guy who's able to throw the football and he has has mobility, but he is not a guy who – who necessarily wants to run the football. He wants to throw it, so he'll be in the pocket. You'll know where he's going to be, and there, there should be some opportunities to get him on the ground.
1: And uh, speaking of rushing the quarterback, uh, the injury report, uh, we, we do we look to see uh, Cam Jordan? Uh, any any updates on, on the injury front?
7: Well, that's the promising part. Cam Jordan, as well as right tackle Zach Streif, Uh, Went back to practice on Thursday. They practiced in a limited capacity, but that's better than not practicing. So you figure that those guys have an opportunity to play in the game. Unfortunately, Jimmy Graham's status did not change. He did not practice on Thursday. So, you know, as it gets later in the week, obviously it gets a little bit more bleak in terms of his opportunity to play. But to get Cam Jordan back to practice and to get Zach Streif back to practice, that gives the Saints a little bit more sense of normalcy.
1: Okay, and, and for this game, they, they go into one loss into the season. Uh, it, it, does it kind of have the feeling to where you got this one out the way, now we can get, get into uh, the, the talk of something else besides can they keep going undefeated?
7: Well, not necessarily. I mean, you know, I, I'm of the opinion, I've heard players say a lot of times, you know, I'd rather learn in, in, in victory than learn in defeat. But, you know, I think it was a good break time for them because they did go 10 consecutive weeks with, you know, preseason games and regular season games. And they're going to finish off the season with 10 games uh, here in the regular season. So, you know, the break came at, at exactly the midpoint for the Saints. So it did give them a chance to kind of regenerate. You know, regain their legs, get a little mental break away from the game. So, from that standpoint, the, the break came at a really good time
1: for him. And Drew Brees did say that uh, the first thing that he noticed the first day of practice with the, the, the players were running around and flying to the ball. Uh, so, that's always a good sign. And, and uh, these guys are ready for this game with the Mercedes Benz Superdome. On the Pelican side, uh, Coach Monty Williams said that this is a, a, a great learning tool. Uh, from the Miami defeat. Now they play tonight, and this is the final preseason game in Orlando. Uh, how much of this, uh, I wouldn't even say bad game from Miami besides the turnovers. They did a lot in the first three quarters and, and were consistent, but they were facing the championship team.
7: Well, there's a reason they're the two-time defending champs, and what Miami showed was the level of intensity that a team like the Pelicans is going to have to play with in order to compete. Certainly on that level, but every night in the NBA, and you know, Coach Monty Williams always tells these guys, "Look, you can't cheat the game. You know, you can't, you know, you can't fake it. You got to, you know, you can't take short shortcuts." And not necessarily saying that they did so, but Miami shows you exactly the level of intensity and execution that you have to play with. Miami came out with some traps, and then um, you know the Pelicans came out made some threes and might have kind of gotten a little fool's goal there. Um, you know, they were playing so well offensively, you know, maybe they didn't pay as much attention to detail on the defensive end as they needed to, and Miami gets them to turn it over a few times, turns it into just some quick baskets, and it certainly doesn't hurt to have LeBron James and D. Wade playing the way they played, you know, against the Pelicans. So, you know, you're talking about a team, Miami, that was looking to really kind of tune up, for the regular season, that's probably – I can't imagine that D-Wade or LeBron will play a whole lot tonight in their season – in their regular, in their preseason finale. So that was probably their tune-up game for the regular season, and they showed what they're made of.
1: And, and they were able to dribble, uh, get some penetration, and get the kickouts. Uh, Anthony Morrow just was talking about, you know, working on the defense. But h- how much will that be shored up uh, in terms of the production off the bench once Tyreek Evans can play that that Manu Ginobili mole if – thrusted into that position from head coach Monty Williams.
7: Well, I mean, I think defensively, you know, one of the Pelican, one of the things the Pelicans did not do, obviously, was protect the rim. You know, got outscored 50-22 to 22 in the paint, and I mean, it's going to be hard to beat anybody if, the, if they have that kind of advantage because that means you're not getting to the rim and you're not stopping them from getting to the rim. So they're going to have to shore up the middle of the defense a little bit better. We saw a few too many drives from Miami, driving, you know, basically from three-point line to the rim without being challenged a whole lot. And certainly again, that is the Miami Heat. They are the champs, but you don't want to have a team to, to be able to get to the rim that easy on you. And and so they're going to have to tighten that up a little bit. And having Tyreek Evans back, yeah, that's going to help in terms of points in the paint because the Pelicans don't necessarily have a back to the basket score. So the guys who are going to have to get their point who are going to have to get their paint points are probably going to be Tyreek Evans and Eric Gordon and Drew Holiday and those guys getting to the rim. So, you know, and AD on some lobs and those kinds of things. So, you know, that's how they're going to have to score
1: on the interior. There's three things that I look at when it comes to uh, victories and losses with the Pelicans. I look at uh, the turnover battle, in which every game, even the Washington game, where they combined for over 50 turnovers, uh, we still won that battle. And, and every game in the six games that uh, they did go undefeated, they, they won those battles. Uh, rebounds was, was, was neck and neck a lot of times, and the points in the paint. Those three numbers, are, are those three categories that if you try to dominate and, and win those categories that you have a, a, a better chance to win? Oh, obviously. I mean,
7: you can get by with, you know, being within a, you know, five to eight rebound disadvantage or something like that. There are some things you can get by with. You know, you can not shoot a great percentage all the time. You know, you can't get by shooting, you know, 32%, but maybe 43, 44 or something like that, which is I think what they shot against Miami. But if you turn the basketball over, especially against a good team, You're robbing yourself of opportunities to score, and you're giving them fast-break opportunities. And a team like Miami, when they turn it over on you, bam, they're gone, and they're going to score. So that –
1: that's what hurts as much as anything. Well, thank goodness that they are only uh, 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 the, the members of the Miami Heat. They only make up that team, and they don't have another team like that in the NBA that that have that size experience in a championship pedigree. Your final thoughts on the game this Sunday. We've been talking about it for two weeks since there was a bye week, but Buffalo comes in with one of the top defenses uh, in, in the NFL. They know how to get pressure on a quarterback, but uh, from a defensive end, offensive, they may be without C.J. Spiller. Uh, Fred Jackson, uh, some questions about him uh, being healthy for this game. But your overall final thoughts going into this week at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome.
7: Well, I'll say this. Saints are 3-0 and at home this season. Um, yes. They're winning by a margin of 31-14. Can it be in that, in that vicinity? Yes, because Buffalo plays a lot of man-to-man defense. Now, they might get to Drew Brees because they've gotten every quarterback. They have 23 sacks in their seven games. They're probably going to get to the quarterback, but they play a lot of man-to-man. And when you're playing man-to-man, you're depending on the Mario Williamses to get to the quarterback. Now, he has 10 sacks, and that's not to say he's not going to add to his total on Sunday also. But getting to Drew Brees and and corralling these receivers man-to-man an entire game is going to be a real – real big chore for them. They're allowing about 28 points per game on the road in their three games on the road so far. So they've been known to give up some points on the road, and the Saints certainly play well in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. So I wouldn't be surprised if the vicinity wasn't, you know, in the 31-21 range or something like that because the Saints are going to take advantage of them playing that man-to-man. If they're going to play that much man-to-man, you know, they're not New England. There's no Akeem Tlaib on that team with Buffalo. Although they have some pretty good dudes there. But there's no key to lead, and so I believe the the Saints are going to be able to take
1: a little bit better advantage of it at home. We shall see. And fans have to make as much noise as possible as we've been uh, shown that we can be one of the loudest places to play in all of sports. J.D., thanks for stopping by. Thanks for all the guests for the weekend edition of the Black and Blue Report. Uh, my man D, Diesel, or Daniel Salison, he will be in the studio tomorrow for the best of. J.D., have a good call this Sunday. Be sure to look out for his uh, pregame interview with head coach Sean Payton on NewOrleansSaints.com, as well as the postgame wrap and the cool articles that you write for the postgame as well. Thanks a lot, J.D., for stopping by. You guys have an incredible weekend. Supposed to be all sunny this weekend, so everybody got the roofs and the tops down, and me and J.D. may just uh, do, do a little picnic or something outside and see who comes to it. Who you think will come? Um. Well, you know, if I can get Carrie Bradshaw, uh, not her name is what Sarah Carrie, Jessica Parker. There is you go
7: it? with the Sex in the City. You know what? I'm again. going for Sex in the City too. You know, okay, all right. On, they know, already had it too. Put so it on HGTV
1: or something. Yeah, we shall see. Well, <laughs> let's go talk about that, man. Thanks for tuning in and listening to the Black and Blue Report. We'll see you tomorrow for the best of and the Mercedes-Benz Superdome for the big game: Saints versus the Buffalo Bills. You guys have a great weekend.